All right. So I've mentioned, obviously, over the past few months, how I've been working from home. And um, that's still ongoing. Um, But I had to go into work today to move my stuff into another office. We're kind of doing a little office switch. Mm -hmm. And um, it's the first time I've been in the office, I think... I think I left on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, which I think was like a Tuesday or something. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that like starting on that Wednesday, I started working from home and I haven't been back since, and we're probably not going to be back in the office anywhere regularly until January, we were told. So... It's been about six months that I've been working from home and I've got at least four more months probably of it. But today was a reminder that I should be very thankful for being able to work from home because I can't tell you how much the commute sucked. And it was it was an easy commute and I still hated it. Right. Just driving an hour there, hanging out. I didn't even have to be there for that long. Just like, I don't know, an hour and a half probably. And then driving an hour back, the whole time I was just thinking, this is such a waste of time. I'm just sitting here in my car, wasting time. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, like, it really just kind of made me reevaluate my entire life. Like, why am I spending so much goddamn time in a car driving to and from work, you know? Right. I mean, we just do it. We just do it. And like... You know, obviously for me at this point, I've been at the same job for 17 years. I've mm-hmm. moved up quite a bit. I have a lot of responsibility now. I, you know, I know the job. I know what I'm doing. I have people's respect and stuff. So it's kind of like, I, I don't want to give all that up now. But I also, you know, now that I've had this taste of working from home and I've saved nine days by working from home for six months, nine days of a commute that I haven't had to do by just waking up and rolling over and getting to work. And so now like someday I'm going to have to go back to the commute unless Lang Ice starts really footing the bill for our, for the promotion. (laughs) 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 But you know, someday I'm going to have to go back and I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, so, um, um, one of my friends w- works in Oak Brook and he lives in Cherville and I mean, he's got that long drive and he's not going back in until at least January at least. Yeah. He's just like loving it too. I mean, he's has all this extra time. I mean, yeah. 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 And I, when I went in today, you know, nobody, Nobody was in our office up until a couple of weeks ago. And there's been, I think I'm the fourth one to go in there and everybody's just gone in there for a couple hours at a time just to do what they have to do. And, um, my plant by my window, completely dead, like, you know, hasn't had water forever, completely dead, but not surprisingly brown. Okay. It's green, but it's not, and it, it it looks dead, or maybe it's just dormant. I, maybe it, you know, maybe it's like the grass, only it didn't turn brown; it remained green. So I brought it home, and I'm going to try to nurse it back to health, and we'll see how it goes. But um, I was surprised that it wasn't in worse shape. But 
there, <laughs> there were some pretty impressive spider webs in my office. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, was it, did it seem, or was housekeeping working this whole time? I don't think so. I don't think they were doing any, and like they, they always do the bare minimum anyway, at least in our, in our building. Like they, they come like twice a week to empty the garbage Mm -hmm. and that's about it. Right. And like, they'll only vacuum like upon special request and like the office, we're just kind of, you know, in our, in our suite, we're still in the same suite and everybody's just kind of moving over an office. Uh, because the boss retired. So everybody's just kind of moving up one and um, they, they hired somebody or they, they told somebody to um, clean, clean the office that I was moving into. And I walked in and I was like, this doesn't look clean. Like this gets back to our, our hotel cleaning Mm -hmm. people, you know, like my version of clean and somebody else's version of clean too two separate things because like as soon as I opened a desk drawer, that thing was filthy. There was hair in there. Oh dude. Where the hell and, do you work at? Hey. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me put this wad of hair just yeah, I mean, right in that fucking desk drawer. There were just there were a few strands of hair and I was just like, am I am I being framed for a murder here? Like <laughs> is this some dead woman's hair? And I'm in here now and they're going to be like, we gotcha or what? Right. So I cleaned that so, shit up and threw it in the garbage real quick. Did your old um, office have like a layer of like dust all over it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there there was dust all on the the desk and especially on the top of the one cabinet there, it, which is darker, like a, a dark wood. You could really see it there. Um, um, and there I had forgotten that I left behind, um, like a, a tuna bo- sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few boxes of, um, like trail mix that mm-hmm. we, we had in the office and it was like kind of a surprise to see it there. Like I, I had forgotten about it, but then I also thought like, I'm a little disappointed in the mice here. Cause I know the off, I know there's mice in the office mm-hmm. and I'm a little disappointed that given six uninterrupted months, they couldn't figure out a way to get to the, 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 the trail mix. Like not very motivated mice. Right. I mean, they were used to easy street for all these years just like people walking on campus dropping shit you know full of food no i bet if you leave it there you know a little longer you know in the winter time or when it cools off they would get hungry and head inside and bite into that trail mix yeah i i might have to i might have to go back next week for something else and maybe if i do i will like cut open a bag. Right. So they get like the smell of it and then, then see what happens. Like, you know, come January, then like just drop a trail of bird seed to it, leading (laughs) up to it and and just (laughs) fuck it. Just put a jar of peanut butter at the door, (laughs) drop it open a little bit and be like, okay, now 
then if they pass that up, then they're really fucking lazy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got, you've got some really just, uh, bougie, bougie right. mind. You don't even right. want to work right. for it. Anymore. That's fucking Jif. I'm not eating that shit. I only eat peanut pan. <laughs> peanut pan. Do you have a peanut butter loyalty? No, I don't. So it's funny. Um, I don't really eat peanut butter. Uh, I don't seek it out. Yeah. But if it's in something and something, I'll eat it. Um, you know, we talked about your, your love for peanut butter and jelly. And I yeah used to be like that hardcore years ago when I just stopped, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, I just like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to eat this anymore. But, um, yeah. I really don't know. I know that um, there's a snack that that Adam kind of taught me where, um, you know, you take like a tortilla and put in a bunch of peanut butter and raisins and roll. Oh, nice. Got a nice protein filled uh, snack. But I mean, I mean, I, I may chunky peanut butter person so i mean um whatever's chunkiest yeah i go i go um sometimes i go next level chunky with the peanut butter and i'll i'll buy a creamy peanut butter but then i'll buy peanuts and then if i'm making a sandwich you just sprinkle those peanuts on the sandwich okay then you've really got a serious peanut butter and jelly but i should go on record and say that I am more than a year clean from peanut butter and jelly. Damn, dude, that's a record for you, isn't it? I I don't think since I had my first peanut butter and jelly when I was just a wee lad, I don't think I've ever gone a year without eating one. Holy shit. And, um, na- and I have peanut butter and jelly in my pantry, but just in case the kids want one when they come over, but they've never asked for one and it's it hasn't been opened, so... I have no plans to eat it, even though, see, it, it really is like, like we talk about cocaine all the time, but yeah. it really is like cocaine or heroin yeah. to me. You know, it's, it's like even worse than the diet Coke. Like I'm back on the diet Coke, but if I started back on peanut butter and jelly, like it would be really ugly right? because at least the diet Coke doesn't have any any calories you know mm-hmm. but the peanut butter and jelly when i'm eating like six peanut butter and jellies a day like that shit can get out of hand real quick yeah i mean that's a lot um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so when you were eating them would you get bougie and buy the like organic peanut butter and with all that like oil in it not usually no um well just like the first time i i bought it i thought okay i'm gonna go like high this was like i don't know like back in 2008 or something and i bought like you know natural peanut butter and i opened it and i um smelled it and there's all this oil like on top, I'm like, oh shit, dude, this shit's fucking rotten. And I fucking threw it in the garbage. <laughs> then I quickly learned after that, uh, as I uh, think I told my brother what happened, and he looked at me weird and said, it's 
be like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeff wasn't like that. So I was like, right. hey, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't, I don't usually buy that. Um, but I have gotten um, almond butter that uh, like um, Maranatha or Maranatha almond butter that has to be stirred. Okay. And it's like super thin and like you have the oil on top. And then like if you mix it up really well, then it becomes almost like regular like Jif, like peanut butter. But you really got to mix it and it takes a lot of a lot of um, I don't know, work to do it um but no i i i can't remember the actual number but um i think i remember hearing that it 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 takes like eight cups of peanuts to make like one cup of peanut butter or something like that okay like something super ridiculous so in like Whole Foods has that like peanut butter grinder, like where you can make fresh peanut butter. Have you seen that? Like, no, no, you can, you can, I don't know if it has it at the one by us, but at the one in, um, uh, I don't know where Orland, maybe yeah. I, I, whatever. Yeah, it's Orland. Uh, yeah. Another one, like you can pour peanuts in the hopper and then you, you turn like this grinder thing. Oh, okay. And, um, and then it comes out like a creamy peanut butter. So that that's pretty cool. But peanut butter is one of those things. I'm not sure I'm that hardcore to want to make my own, you know? Right, right. It's just a lot of, it's like ice cream. Like you ever make your own ice cream? Are you an ice cream person? I don't even know. Um, yes, I like ice cream, but it f- falls into the category of um, donuts and cookies. Uh, and uh, fried chicken for like some reason. Well, nuts. It's just not good for you. And I view it as a bad food that can get me fat. So, right. So I don't keep it in the house. Right. But don't take health advice from somebody that eats pork rinds and drinks every night. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like, I, I can't. Um... For some reason, ever ever since I moved into this place, like I can't keep ice cream here. Yeah, I years ago I worked with this with this woman who she she was just out of college and she always talked about how she was amazed that we kept ice cream in our house because she said she can't keep it in her house because she would eat it all. And I just thought it was like the most ridiculous thing. Like you you can't not eat ice cream, but when I moved in here, that's exactly what has happened. Like a couple of times I've had like half gallons of ice cream and I just wear out a path to the freezer until that sucker's gone. You know, (laughs) And like, it doesn't matter if you eat it all in one sitting or you eat it one spoon at a time, you're still eating it, you know? Right. So I I don't know. Self-control on that stuff. Isn't my strong suit. That's for sure. So I, I can't, I just can't, can't even, you know, mess with it anymore. I hear you. But oh well. Um fried chicken. It occurred to me the other day that my kids have never had fried chicken. Or they, they don't have it regular. I shouldn't say they never have. It. Oh, okay. But like when thinking of, of things to eat, like, you know, fast food to grab or whatever, mm-hmm. 
I never think to go to Popeye's or KFC or anything like that. Yeah. I and mean, I know that they would love it, but I just never think to go there. Right. I think about chicken, fried chicken every day. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I fucking really like it, but I know if I constantly eat it, I'll just pack on the pound. So I mean, yeah. So I just like, I don't. I try just not to the the like <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the last piece of fried chicken I had was like as much as I like it it's probably been almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean my I mentioned fried chicken to my kids the other night and my my one son was like, "Yeah, I like that. We I remember the last time we had that was at at my niece's open house like last summer." Right. And he like he liked it so much, like he vividly remembered eating it and he remembered like the container that it came in and everything. <laughs> so it was like a big deal to him, but I just never think to get it, you know. Right. But well, I mean, uh, this weekend, pick him up some fucking chicken. Yeah, I, I might. But he, go he did Strax, have a get a bunch. What'd you say? Go to Strax. They have that's, chicken. that's the thing is like sometimes the grocery stores have the best fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Like that Meyer fried chicken, it is delicious. Is it? it is I have never just, had theirs. It's fantastic. And um, remember Little Saver in South Haven? Oh, yeah. Their chicken is great. Yes. And li- for those of you who don't live in South Haven, Little Saver is just this like corner gas station. And their fried chicken is like, I don't know what makes it acceptable to buy fried chicken from them because there's a lot of things I wouldn't buy from there. <laughs> because it's fried. But, but like, but like for, yeah, I, you know, 500 degree oil, I guess probably takes care of it. But I, I have literally been in Little Saver before where the woman serving the food behind the counter, like the fried chicken or the pizza puffs or whatever, has been doing so with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) This this was many years ago. This was like 20 years ago, probably, but it it didn't, it didn't dissuade me from eating there. It was just kind of like, yeah, that seems about right. (laughs) Like that that seems like what you should expect it. It (laughs) just kind of goes along with it. Mm -hmm. So my son did have a um, a uh, watershed moment tonight, though. We had a a rotisserie chicken for dinner, and for the first time ever, he tried skin just by itself. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah, exactly. So he learned about chicken fat skin. It's one of the best. Oh man. And he, I didn't know that he took it, Uh but he like, I saw him, we were standing here talking and I was doing something and he was eating and he's like, I've never had chicken skin before. And just the way that he said it, Mm -hmm. I was like, you just had it, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I was (laughs) like, yeah, I know it's pretty good. I can tell by your reaction (laughs) that you just ate it. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's pretty good. No shit. Yeah. It's really good. Fucking chicken skin is one of the best. Like, give me a 
tub of just that fucking white fat. Yep. Hand me a basket of chicken skin and I'll be fine. But <laughs> don't give me a fucking donut because I'll put too many pounds on. <laughs> well, that yeah. Fucking reasoning is so so fucked up sometimes. But but don't you like I like donuts, but mm-hmm. I always feel so gross after eating a donut. Yeah, I mean I don't eat, um I mean I, I eat like five of them, sure. I mean <laughs> one, then I'm like you no, know, I'm okay, but the problem is is I can't stop at one. And right. I mean give me a b- box of like munchkins, I'm gonna eat all those. Yeah, yeah. So, but I like part of me is like, um, you know, I besides the 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 health implications, I've kind of kind of excuse myself from donuts because of the hipster factor. Like people like, you know, getting fucking like fancy donuts and putting fucking bacon on them and like, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and or. Or uh, there's a couple um, shops around. Yeah. I don't want a fucking $8 donut. It's a fucking donut. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, I did did a few years ago. My son Brian came with me. I had heard about this place in Chicago right near the Merchandise Mart Mm -hmm. that was called the Donut Vault. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's this little hole in the wall place that like is literally like the inside of it is like four feet by four feet. Mm -hmm. And there's like a little hallway that leads into that. But you literally like have to walk in, place your order and then get your donuts and leave. And only one person can be helped at a time. And then there's just a long line. And everybody, you know, people line up outside before opening for this place and you can order and then usually they're out of donuts within like 90 minutes so wow. sometimes people are waiting in line right and they don't, get and they don't even get donuts right. because they're no. then they like walk away and they're like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> right right and like we got i don't know a dozen donuts or whatever and they were good. Like, you know, donuts are good. Did you I, fucking I get mobbed, dude? Did you wipe them out by fucking taking a dozen? No, no, <laughs> no. They were, we were, you know, when, when we were there, we were, we didn't get there too early, but we were near the back of the line and, you know, it must've been a slow day or something. Right. I don't know. But, um, but we, you know, we, um, we got our donuts and we, we ate them and brought them home and ate them and whatever. And they were good, but, I remember thinking afterwards, like that that's not worth an hour drive there, the wait in line and an hour drive back when I can just go to freaking, you know, Munster Donut and get some donuts, you know, right. It it definitely to me, what what made it worth it was just the experience of doing it with my son, like just the idiocy of waking up at like seven o'clock on a Saturday morning and driving to go get donuts, you know, so. But I I think that cool to periodically do I, I i just ripped on donuts earlier no hipster shops but i mean i think it's when there's a thing it's cool to do at least once i mean i right when um when um 
when hot dogs was still open and oh right hot dogs for people that don't know was this like specialty hot dog sausage shop in the city um uh, and they ended up he ended up saying hey i'm tired of this i'm doing something new and ended up opening in the bleachers at wrigley field but you can only get one there if you're in the bleachers oh okay you can't even access hot dogs if you don't have a bleacher ticket but yeah. um no i twice i did this like back in like 2012 we were in line for about an hour and 45 minutes and then in 2014 i think it was 14 um that's when they closed um they advertised that it was their last year and my brother had never been there and um we took a friday off we took july 3rd off actually and we went up there and we (laughs) were there three hours (laughs) yeah so but i mean it was the last time and oh god it was so good i mean i bet that is the only food i've ever waited that long for and i mean it was excellent yeah and and it's one of those things like it's you know you're going with your brother mm-hmm. it's like just an experience right, you know it's right. even beyond the the food itself you right. know and that that goes back to the thing that we talked about a long time ago about how um more things affect your opinion of food than just the actual physical taste of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like the environment where you're eating it and how you feel about uh, how you feel about yourself at the time and who you're with and all of that has something to do with it. And that's one of those situations, you know, you're, you know, you're not going to have it again. You're hanging out with your brother. Uh You're, you know, so it's just all special to combined, like, it's got to be good. Right. <laughs> well, so so that happened in um, New Orleans, actually. But, um, oh, yeah. In 2011, we went there for Halloween, a big group of, of uh, friends and um, a lot of my brother's friends. But so um, a couple people like dropped out early to the hotel that night at like midnight or whatever like he emily went back to the hotel and um but like five or six of us kept on and at like 3 a.m we got hungry and we went to this um this kind of divey 24-hour restaurant and i was drinking heavily all night and uh you know, I ordered ordered these um, lemon pepper chicken wings. You fucking what I thought I ate at a Michelin rated restaurant. I <laughs> shut up about these wings for like three years. So, and just like you, just like you said, I mean, I mean, we had an awesome night. We're fucking hanging out. It was fucking cool. And but I went back there like three years later with a different group of friends who who are who are awesome but no i the the um we weren't drinking that much yet and we went there and the wings were (laughs) they were okay (laughs) 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 yeah 
That's awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we, I'm going to New Orleans with you at some point. Oh, absolutely. When all, this sh- when all this shit lifts, you and I are going to New Orleans. Yes. The best city in the country. Is it worth it to drive? So I haven't driven. So with a place like New Orleans, I feel you fly because you, you want to fucking be there so bad. Right. So, right. But m- my sister and her boyfriend have, I think they've only driven there. They might've flown once, but I think they, they usually drive there and they stop off in like Nashville or whatever. And I mean, they yeah. like it. I mean, I would, I would recommend if you're, uh, if, if it's your first time there, like, we fucking have to get down there. And it, it, um, that would be like your second or third time there. Right. Well, I mean, it'll be my second time. If you count the first time is like spending one day there in 2000. Right. 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 (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I would say let's fly there and get there and yeah. Maximize time there. Maximizing is key there. Yeah. Although, I mean, have you ever been to Memphis? Have you spent time in Memphis? Um, just um, um, when you and I went to Graceland and then oh yeah, um, when I drove there for the Pearl Jam show in oh, 2014, right. I wasn't, I, I was, I was there for like two days. So not okay. really. Not a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I only spent one day there with the kids and right. it was it was enough to know that like, I got to come back sometime without the kids, you right. know, and it's, um, there's, it's a definitely, definitely cool shit to do. But it was hands down, hands down. Memphis had the best fucking panhandler I've ever seen. <laughs> I was, I was uh, exiting. I was, I was exiting off the fucking highway. And then in, there's this dude fucking juggling nice like he was juggling he had this sign like need money for food or whatever and he 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 was fucking juggling it it was awesome that's cool well i mean mean... now you know now i'm pretty skeptical okay i mean he probably was okay but i mean if he wasn't it wasn't awesome for him because he's fucking juggling and he needs cash but right but yeah i thought it was cool who was it were you the one who told me it might it might have been either you or mike i can't remember but one of you saw a panhandler with a sign who said i'm not gonna lie i'm probably gonna use it to get drunk or something like actually yeah (laughs) which you know i I would give the guy a dollar just for the honesty you know like, all right, well, hey, you're not trying to bullshit me, right. you know? So I had, um, I don't know, like four years ago, maybe I had, uh, I was at the um, gas station uh, off of uh, 30 and 475 in the Wheeler Valpo area. And uh, this fucking dude walks up and goes, gave me this like story, like his truck was over there and i'm like okay whatever i'll uh, <laughs> i gave him 10 bucks so yeah so and he you no know, was real happy whatever so a fucking week late literally a week later 
I'm fucking getting gas. And the same dude walks up to me with the same <laughs> story. So, so I go, I go, you haven't left here in the last week. You're still <laughs> stranded here. And he didn't know what to say. <laughs> he just fucking looked at me and walked away. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I got a call today. One of the, one of those calls that like when when you see the number calling, you know that it's probably a scam. Oh yeah. And like I, I although I'm not always sure right now because my office phone is forwarding to my cell phone. So I I get calls from like everywhere. I haven't been getting a lot of calls, but they do come from around the country. So it, it you know, it could be a student calling me with a legitimate reason, but, um, but actually, no, actually this one said Gary, Indiana on it. Okay. And I was like, all right, I don't really know anybody in Gary that would be calling me. So I picked it up with, you know, heavy skepticism in my voice and I said, hello. And the woman is like, um, do you, hi, this is so-and-so have you gotten your new Medicare card? Medic, yeah, Medicare card, blah, 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 and saying something else. Mm-hmm. And I was in, she, she did this whole like 20 second thing. And I said, uh, can you repeat that? I, I can't really hear you. So I made her do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I, after she did it, I said, um, I said, how old do you think I am? And she's like, no, you misunderstand. I'm, I'm calling about Medicare. And I said, yeah, I know. But how old do you think I am? Medicare is for old people. And she said, well, if, if it doesn't apply to you, I'm sorry, I have the wrong number. And I said, the wrong number? Who are you trying to call? And she said, I'm trying to call Philip Turner. And as soon as she said that, my mind went to this kid's show that my kid used to watch mm-hmm. called Handy Manny. Okay. And it was Manny was this repair guy voiced by Wilder Wilmer Valderrama. Okay. And he had these talking tools like a drill, um, a tape measure, like all these tools. And two of the tools were screwdrivers. Okay. And there was Felipe, the Phillips screwdriver, and Turner, the flat screwdriver. So Philip Turner, essentially. And this woman tells me I'm looking for Philip Turner. (laughs) My my mind immediately goes to Handy Manny. And I'm like, Philip Turner, that that's a screwdriver. Are you are you looking for a screwdriver or a person? (laughs) She's like, no, a person. And I said, are you sure? Because I think Philip Turner is a screwdriver. (laughs) And she's like, no, I'm looking for a person. And I was like, but screwdrivers can get Medicare, right? And she said, said, I'm sorry, I think I have the wrong number. And she hung up on me. That's awesome. I'm like, come on, lady, have some fun with me, Philip Turner. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how we got there. But um, yeah. Medi- I don't know, Medicare, wrong number, whatever. I don't know. Oh, but the, here, that does bring me to another topic on my list here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I read this story today. Do you know what a Robertson screw is? 
is um, that between a Bukaki and a Dirty Sanchez? <laughs> <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> I had a mouthful of Diet diet Pepsi, which I just spit on my table and got in my freaking nasal passages behind my nose. (laughs) You, You are... You're ruining the innocence of our listeners. <laughs> I have not heard of the Robert screw. Don't look any of this up, listeners. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, now my voice is going to sound different because I have carbonated <laughs> diet pepsin in my nasal passages. All right. The Robertson screw. So you have the flat screw, right? Right. Straight flat screw. Mm-hmm. But that's problematic because like the screwdriver can slip off of it and whatever. Right. It's it's harder for industries to use that. Right. So this guy Robertson invented a screw that prevents slippage or as much slippage and and can't be like overturned. And that's the Robertson screw. And it's you you've seen them before. They're the screw heads that are just squares. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, like the like hex ones, right? They're they're like hex, but yeah, they're just a square. It's literally just a square. So you need like a square bit to put in there. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, and Henry Ford, back in the early 1900s, was a big fan of the Robertson screw. But Henry Ford was also a son of a bitch, like. Okay you know, great industrialist, but also like a horrendous racist and just an all around son of a bitch. And he wanted to control the Robertson screw. He wanted like to control its use and to have like advantageous contracts and like all of this stuff. But Robertson wasn't going to be like any Henry Ford doormat. So he's like, fuck you, Hank, I'm not doing it. Which pisses off Hank So he says, screw you, I'm going to choose the Phillips screw. And he uses Phillips screws on his cars instead of the Robertson screw. And just by Henry Ford using the Phillips screws, Mm -hmm. that made Phillips more dominant than the Robertson screw. Even though the Robertson screw is theoretically better than the Phillips screw. Right. The one thing the Phillips screw has going for it is that you, in a pinch, you can use a straight screwdriver to turn it. Right. And you can't, I mean, I've done it with a Robertson screw too. You just go corner to corner in a Robertson screw and you can turn it. But <clears throat> the fact that all of this is known, I, I read an article about it, which is marvelous enough to me that somebody wrote an article about how a screw became popular. Right. But the article was based on a book. Somebody wrote an entire book called One Good Turn, A Natural History of the Screwdriver and the Screw by a professor of urbanism at the University of Pennsylvania. It traces metal fasteners to the 15th century, although it wasn't until the early 18th century that the screw became common. This dude... 
spent however many years of his life right. studying screws. What was the title? Um, damn it, I just deleted it. Let me oh. see here. One good screw or one good turn. One it has to one be one good, good turn. Oh yeah. Why wow, that's this fucking guy, that author probably has a has has a lot of spare time on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> one good turn, a natural history of the Scrooge. Oh my god. Did you do you have it up on Amazon? Not yet. Okay, pull it up on Amazon okay. and look at the publication date. Okay. One good book. It's amazing to me that this guy. Although I mean, it has a it's it's ranked fifty five thousand in books on Amazon. That's pretty good. Where's the fucking publishing date? It might say right. It, I see it right at the top if you're looking at the paperback version. Okay. Paperback. No. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it was wide. it was published published September eleventh, two thousand one. Holy shit! It's amazing that it didn't that it didn't just get lost in history. That anybody actually paid attention to it. And well, I mean, what's like fucked up is that there are like people like reviewing it, like raving about it. Yeah, like seventy-two reviews of this book. This is classic Rybzinski. Okay, like that's <laughs> <laughs> such a Rybzinski kind of book. <laughs> but I mean. Well, I don't know what it is. It just goes to show that these like product wars have been happening for fucking ages. Like, yeah, it's pretty much beta versus VHS. And yeah, right. Blu-ray versus uh, fucking HD or whatever the other fucking format was. Yeah. Well, I mean, this says that he's also written a book called Home and a book called A Clearing in the Distance. So this guy has written other books, too. Oh, but yeah, I th- I, those were a- about the the uh, light script wars of the 1800s, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know who won that, the fucking vice scripts, because that's the brand name. Right. Oh, oh, is it really? I think oh, so. And it's one of those like... Um, Weenex things and yeah, Xbox. ah, yeah. It's it's actually locking pliers, but Vice Grip, Irwin Vice Grip, which is a great invention. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, Vi- Vice Grips are just yeah. I mean, he like originally had it to probably torture people, and <laughs> he was like, hey, actually. No, you can hold shit together. <laughs> this isn't just for just, this isn't just for mangling. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't just to put a person's head or hand in. I can fucking hold two pieces of wood together. <laughs> Let me clamp that shit down. 
<laughs> yeah, vice grips are awesome. All right. Well, I might actually read this one good turn book because it's got 72 ratings on Amazon and it's 4.3 out of five stars. And let's see, it's a short book. It's only 176 pages. Oh, well, that's, that's long for the Robertson screw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't it's know. a lot of talk about screws. I bet you it's probably awesome. I I bet mm-hmm. there's some good and and what the fuck is his first name? <laughs> We're told why told whittled. I don't know. Is he a rapper? <laughs> <laughs> this is why told. Sometimes these kinds of books are are really interesting though. Yeah. Like I read. I read this book about salt years ago. Right, right. Um, what the hell was it? Salt, A World History by Mark Kurlansky. And it was actually really interesting. It was it was a little lengthy, though. How many pages was that? Yeah, 496 pages. You wouldn't think there's that much to say about salt, but there really was. But then I also read this book about milk. Um, <coughs> mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what was it called? Oh shit. Not this one. The same guy that wrote the salt book wrote a book about milk. All right. I'm going to read his book about milk because the one I read wasn't really that good. And I, it's actually one of the only books that I ever gave up on. Have you had books that you started and gave up on? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like book, like books are are an investment and if i'm not yeah. getting my roi by halfway through i'm out see i always i always have like the 50 page rule okay like once i get to 50 pages i'm committed and even if i don't love it i'll usually power through okay but the milk book was an exception and um I I was on a John Grisham like obsession for a while. Okay. And I read a lot of his books in a row. But then when I came to The Runaway Jury, mm-hmm. I got a couple hundred pages into it and I was just like, I just can't do it. I just I just can't finish it. I I I don't like this book at all. So I just abandoned it and I, I've never gone back to it. And I I think actually I've never read another John Grisham book after that. That um uh, that's not true. I read the, I read a couple after that years later, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, it is such an investment, you know, you don't want to end up with a shitty, you know, you don't want to end up spending hours reading a shitty book. Cause then it's just going to take even longer to get through. Cause you're not going to be driven to read it. Right. That's what, um, if you're looking for an alternative to John Grisham, you should read The Death Market by Brett Baker. It's very John Grisham-esque. It's good. Uh, I've, um, uh, I've read it in its old form and new form and both kick ass. It's You were one of the original readers. And just for the record, it has a 4.6 out of 5 stars with 25 ratings on Amazon. All four-star and five-star ratings, by the way. So read it. Let me know what you think. And it's 
406 pages. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. Um, all right. So Henry Ford is the reason why we have Phillips screws. Henry fucking Ford. Yeah. Hank, Hank Ford. All right. Uh, let's see. So here's, here's something. I mean, um, you and I. That would have been a great title for the podcast, Brian. Why didn't you just come up with that nine months ago? Here's something. something. Well, shit. I mean, we were going about fucking title or podcast titles for months. Yeah. Is there, now I have to. I have to check to see if there's a here's something podcast because, especially if you if you change. Oh, there is a here's something. Never mind. Okay. And there's also a here's something good. So, see, here's something. They did six episodes back in May. And then they gave up. Okay, man. They don't have our stamp power. No. And we could have had it anyway because we were before them. They didn't start till May. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Here's something. Tell me something. Yes. So, um... You and I are big sports fans. Some listeners out there are sports fans. We have friends that are sports fans. So baseball's back on, hockey's on, basketball's on. The U.S. Open started um, Monday. It did? I didn't know they were playing it. Yeah. Um, No, I had a... um, fantasy football draft last Sunday and I think like are you, you find like I think um and I still listen to sports radio but I think COVID there there wasn't m- m- uh, much fantasy football buzz I, I I was not like really really excited for it and but not dreading i was just like yeah whatever no i think like covid made me realize how much time i'm wasting like watching sports and how much other shit i can be doing and it's kind of like hope i'm like it's probably temporary because i do like watching like professional competition but it's it's kind of like i don't know like change my view like baseball has been back and i watch some innings here and there and i mean i think i've only watched like one whole game i'll have it on the radio and but i'm right. like oh man i like have to fucking watch it because i'm just happy that they're back or like i need a distraction or like i don't know i just like I don't, do you find that? Um, well, with, with baseball, I, I will, I, I don't watch it a lot. Um, mostly it's because I do, I listen to it more than I watch it. Right. I'll, I'll turn the radio on because I can do other things or I'm driving around or whatever. And the Cubs now have that baseball network and I don't have, I don't have cable, but I pay for Hulu so my son can watch it. 
but my stupid TV isn't a smart T or it's a smart TV, but it does, it can't get Hulu. So the only way I can watch it is on my computer or on my phone. And I'm not going to do that, Mm -hmm. but I would watch more baseball. I do listen to quite a bit of it, but part of that is because I'm, I know in my mind that it's only a 60 game season. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it before about how you think that the season should be shorter and 162 games is too long or whatever. Absolutely. But, um, that what you're describing is how I have, it's how I lost interest in the NFL. Oh yeah. And like the idea, which, I mean, this makes no sense. I guess it, I guess really what it says is that I like baseball a hell of a lot more than I like football because like, most of the time I will watch a baseball game pretty regularly. Like, I don't know if I ever sit down from start to finish to watch a game. I do not, not regularly, but I will usually catch some of a game all the time, you know, and there will be times that I'll watch, you know, six, seven, eight innings of a game, but I I haven't sat down to watch an entire football game in years other than the Super Bowl, Right. Like, in years. And like, I know, I know you've been really into the NFL and I know a lot of people who've been into the NFL and like many Sundays in the fall, you're looking forward to just sitting around and watching the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I totally get the appeal of it and why you want to do that. But it, it, like for years that that's how I lost interest in the NFL because I didn't want to give up an entire Sunday to watch a football game. Right. Right. And, um, you know, part of that was because I had little kids and like, they're not going to want to sit around and watch a football game. Right, right. You know? But even, you know, even now that they're grown, I've never gone back to it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think because what COVID has done is it, it has, and you've mentioned this before, like your calendar is free. Right. So it has forced you to kind of enter entertain yourself not to i mean that's not really what it is but you know like you're finding other things to do mm-hmm. and you're probably finding other things to do that you forgot that you liked doing oh yeah you know right so now it's like well if i can do these other things then why should i just sit around and watch something mm-hmm. you know i know like i'm a, i'm afraid it's gonna turn into the movie category i'll just oh like, right oh shit man i don't fucking have like two hours of watch this yeah but, yeah i don't think it will, but i like this is the first time in uh a couple decades i haven't watched the the uso like uh they're they're entering i think the second round third round i haven't fucking watched shit normally yeah but i just i don't i don't know i just don't care but but i think part of it is part of it i think is the lack of competition so to me with baseball and i like i said i've watched some i've listened i i just don't get that up for it while I want a shorter season, like I also realize a 60 game season is not enough. So, right. So, in my head, no matter who wins the World Series, I'm totally not going to recognize them. 
it's going to be tainted. Exactly. Whether the Cubs yeah. win it, even I'll, I like, like I won't talk about it. I'll be like yeah. happy they won, but I'm be like fucking six game series, like or, or season, like yeah. Who, who fucking cares? With the U.S. Open, like like a bunch of people like opted out, and that's fucking cool. So it's like Novak Djokovic and like everybody else. Like if he doesn't win, he's got some fucking real big problems. So are are Federer and Nadal not playing? Correct, because Federer once once they started canceling tournaments in like March and April, he got his knee operated on and said, "Oh, oh, right, okay, I'm fucking done for the rest of the year." He uh, in a regular year he would have rehabbed and come back probably at Wimbledon but right this year he's like oh it's a fucking wash I'm just taking off and and uh Nadal doesn't think it's safe so right so and there's a few other players too so I mean without that like top level competition for me it's fucking yeah it's kind of tainted there's just a bunch of like tainted win. I it, it's just not a- yeah. So so basically, what you're telling me is that all four Grand Slam finals next year are going to be Nadal and Federer because they're gonna, they're all going to be like rehabbed and rested. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and e- even though they're both like ancient in tennis, oh, tennis age, like totally. Yeah. I mean, they're like for years, like fourteen major wins which i think is what pete sampras ended up with was like untouchable then yeah federer is at like 18 or 19 nadal's at like 18 joke federer had 20 20 grand slam okay. titles um that's crazy. like 18 or 19 Djokovic has like 17 so i mean you, you've got like three guys that are like shattered the fucking record. So yeah, Nadal has nineteen. Okay. Holy cow! I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, I That's mean, like eleven or ten of his are at the French. So, which holy shit, and Djokovic has seventeen. Yeah, right. Which I mean, the French took fucking win the French Open that fucking often is Nadal has twelve French Open. Well, okay, twelve. Holy cow! I that is I don't that's crazy. Prior to Nadal, I think Borg held the record with with like six. No, six or seven. Oh my god! Think, so he's he's totally dominant on. Um, Clay's his best, sir. Yeah, Clay, he, yeah, he he raised the bar on the clay surface it, but he, he does have two wimbledons yeah so uh, and a u.s open and maybe two yeah australian, australian yeah Australians, yeah yeah um Where, whereas federer has just the one clay one french open yeah and a bunch of australian a bunch of wimbledon and a bunch of u.s opens yeah i mean like federer would probably have five french open titles had it not been for nadal right so Roger Federer, who now I, I 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Stefan Edberg retiring at like 29 or something because he was old. 30, I, uh, 31, I think he 31. Okay. He like won his last U S open in like maybe 90, 93 or 97, whatever year it was. And he had like, he had a down year or maybe he might've retired shortly after. And he, and he said, I'm fucking old. Like, Mm -hmm. and yeah, better, Nadal and Djokovic and even even Agassi after after the age of 30 like racked up the majors right yeah so that's what I was going to say Federer is currently number four in the world Mm -hmm. and he's 39 right he just turned 39 and Nadal is number two in the world and he's 34 right so who's number one Djokovic yeah yeah okay And that's because uh, he's been playing more regularly or whatever. Djokovic is like 32, 33. Yeah, he's 33. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so Djokovic won, I think he might have won three last year majors. Like definitely um, won then. I think he won the U.S. Open unless Nadal won it last year. I. Yeah, he he won two last year, Australian okay. and Wimbledon. Okay. Um, but he... uh. No, Federer takes more time off in the last like three or four years. Nadal has has been injured a lot in the last six years. Right. But yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're... no with tennis. I mean, it's funny too. Um, I think technology and has has helped. Training has helped. Yeah. Funny is players are lasting longer, but the play is more grueling because when Edberg and Steak and you know all those guys McEnroe when they were retire retiring in their early thirties, tennis points were were very short. The name of the game then was to end the point as quick as possible, really. Yeah. So, but starting, probably starting around 95, 96, baseline tennis took over, and it's like points are a lot longer. People fucking hit a lot harder, and... Right. They'll go back and forth and it's more grueling yet players are lasting longer. So I mean, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's I mean, in those I don't know how many finals have been Nadal and Federer, but there's been a lot of them. Oh, and it's pretty classic. Yeah. I mean, even Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Djokovic, like those. Yeah, really all three of them. Yeah. Besides. Okay, besides Juan Martin Del Potro in 09, the U.S. Open winner, um, I think Andy Roddick in 03, the U.S. Open winner, and somebody, there might only be three other male players in the last 
16 or 17 years. Marat Safin won one. There, there actually might be only four other males in the last 16 to 17 years that have won a major that's not named Federer, Nadal, or <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That well, I mean, if you you know, if you think about it, you have there's 2019 and 17, which is what uh 56, right? Uh 20 and 19 is 39 plus 17 is 57. So that's 57 majors between the three of them. Right. Oh so that's right. So that's what, 14, more than 14 years worth of majors? Yeah. Um, let me toss in um, Andy Murray because he won Wimbledon and I think a U.S. Open. So I don't, um, I don't want to take uh, things away from the, uh, the, the Brit there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy Murray, he actually has a career slam. He, he, he won the Australian five times, French Wimbledon a couple times, U.S. Open once. So he's, Andy he's Murray? got some. Yeah. Has that many wins? Yeah. He's got uh five, six, seven, eight, nine. Really? Nine grand slam singles. Fuck. I, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. The Australian and French are just finals. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Wimbledon was yeah. He has two Wimbledons in a U.S. Open win. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like I, I was that that wrong about it. <laughs> Wait a but but you know that should that should tell you something that like Wikipedia. I don't know what it tells you, but like when I'm looking at the, these other three, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, in Wikipedia, it only lists their Grand Slam wins. Oh, really? Because they have so many. Right. But for Murray, it's like, ah, oh, well, we'll include his finals right. too because right. he's got some additional finals, you know? He, uh, okay, so here's here's something. So Murray is 33, and he almost retired. Because of injury, but he's been hurt the last like three or four years. He hasn't been right. So through this kind of new tennis prime, he's fucking been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, all right. Well, I mean, maybe I won't watch much of the U.S. Open if if Nadal and Federer aren't there and, you know, Djokovic should just... Are are uh, is Venus Williams still the dominant woman? No, uh, Venus lost Monday. So, oh shit! So she she hasn't been good for like eight to ten years because because she got married. No, she has Sjogren's syndrome. Okay, so it can like out of nowhere like take all of her energy the fact that Uh-oh. she tries to play is so hardcore yeah but i just think like having having that that um illness is you know you don't ever know and and like she won't ever say anything so right she doesn't want to use an excuse correct. i mean right i mean the fact she's like going out there is pretty well, she's a she's a total like just awesome like badass right, like right. just um, I mean 
Pro- she probably the best player ever, right? Vino, no, uh, no. Serena is up there. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time. Oh, I'm, yeah. wait. I'm thinking of Serena. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So she's. Yeah, Serena's the one I was thinking okay. of, not Vino. Oh, yeah, she is. She's still in the conversation, but you're seeing age creep it. Yeah, she hasn't won a slam since 2017. She's um going for number 24 at this u.s open she gets she's entering the federer stage actually she can get to the semis get to the finals but then these you know these young ones kind of they're just a step faster and yeah they hit yeah they they hit as hard or maybe a little harder and like sure her dominance for years was that she can hit harder than anybody and why right yeah with the ex- exception of of uh Shara, sharapova who um i uh, i think gets overlooked as a uh, as a hard hitter but she fucking crushed the ball yeah but she retired so right yeah. but anyway well, just to be clear, I made a comment about Venus not being as good because she got married. You and I have had the same conversation about many men over the years, too, about how Agassi wasn't as good after Brooke Shields. Oh, yeah. and, like, and so it's not just because a woman's getting married. It's a lot of athletes, once they make the mistake of letting love get in the way, <laughs> like their performance tanks. Look at so, it. I mean... Look at it. It's in fucking history. I mean, right. like I'll tell you, um, um, Rory McIlroy. Um, Golfer, right? Yes. He, um, he either was engaged or married um, Caroline Wozniacki, okay, a tennis player. Okay. Both of them were number one in their board after like getting heavily heavily involved like McElroy's game like he fucking disappeared and yeah Wozniak he was number one started sucking bad well (laughs) he fucking broke it off then McElroy like went on a tear at yeah I mean it's that's just one example the most current one is Chris Bryant yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, fucking totally. I mean, that and his injuries, but he got married and he went downhill. And yeah, it's well, there's so much. How how dare these people have personal lives that take away from our enjoyment of their athletic prowess? Like, unless your uh, name is Michael Jordan, I mean, the dude's fucking Teflon. Nothing could take that guy down. Because, like, his marriages were jokes anyway. <laughs> Like I'm married, but I'm still gonna do whatever I want all the time. So it's it's marriage in name only. Here, have you know sixty grand a day to keep you quiet. Don't and, fucking talk you know. about Michael like that. No, fuck Michael Jordan. No. Um, that's that's a different episode. Here, for everybody listening who thinks they misheard, fuck Michael Jordan. <laughs> 
He's a good basketball player. He's the best basketball player, but I still think he's, I still don't like him. Anyway, that's a, that's a good note to end on. Don't you think? Absolutely. Watch your tongue. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Before I go on to this, um, uh, no, never mind. I'll bring this up later. Go on. Go ahead. What What are you drinking? Anything good? Yes, I am. I during this podcast, I was drinking an Old Forester, Old Fine Whiskey, nineteen ten. I don't know why they call it nineteen ten. Maybe it's a recipe, but but it's it's a very excellent whiskey. It's fucking awesome. I highly recommend it. If you see a bottle. And you want to spend a little bit, but not break the bank like you would on Blanton's or something else. Pick up a bottle. Old Forester, Old Fine Whiskey. And, okay, if you want a little, take a little of the edge off, obviously, toss in some laying ice. Because because it will uh, make your bourbon happy, and and it will make your mouth happy. Always. Yes. All right. Well, I, I have no, um, I have no Lang Ice tonight in my drink. I do have it in my freezer, but I don't have it in my drink because I'm, I'm, I'm drinking just a, a Hazy Hero Hazy IPA from the wonderful Revolution Brewing, and um, it tastes good. So um, I recommend that too. It's, it, it won't break the bank at all. It's cheap. But I am gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you at some point and ask you what was that whiskey you mentioned on the podcast the other night, so I can pick some up and absolutely and uh, and try it. But all right, well uh, that's the episode for this time. Come back on Thursday for another delicious episode that will make you laugh and appreciate that you can listen to us, and we appreciate you listening. So be sure to come back. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.